0: Hello, welcome to the Movie Recap with the deputy of MovieDeputy.com. Today we're going to be discussing the movies that came out on October 15th, or at least the ones that we've seen so far are Halloween Kills, The Last Duel, and The Rescue. If you're curious about just one of these movies in particular, feel free to check out the description, and I am posting the times. But if you want to jump ahead and just listen to what I've got to say on that particular movie, I am going to try to be as straightforward as possible. Let's jump right in with Halloween Kills. Now, if you're at all familiar with the Halloween series, this one is not going to be a surprise to you at all. It picks up where the last story left off, which if you followed the last Halloween movie, the one that came out in 2018, it might have thrown a few people off as John Carpenter had skipped over the rest of the Halloween movies. He hadn't done anything since the first one in 1978. And so the one in 2018 picks up where the original left off uh, only many years later, and then this one literally picks up right where the one in 2018 left off. Because basically the whole house fire, they're escaping, they think Michael's dead, which of course, I mean, you know, the series isn't just going to end that way quite that easily. And so they get to the hospital, they're treated for their burns and for their injuries and everything that they sustained during the fight with Michael. They were just thinking, okay, the nightmare's over, but... Not so much it just basically shows he's making mints meat of the firefighters that showed up then no surprise he managed to escape again now michael basically proves to everyone that he is more than a mortal man yet he has basic instincts that he follows he creeps he kills and he goes home i mean That's just kind of him in a nutshell. He's a six-year-old boy with the body of a man and the mind of an animal. That's a direct quote from the movie, by the way. I just thought that fit in really well. So the whole movie becomes a witch hunt to try to catch him. And there's other people that join in the fight as well. I don't know why he decided to go this direction with the movie or if it was maybe even unintentional. But this is by far the most gory of all of the Halloween movies that's ever come out. Even more so than like the Rob Zombie ones which that that takes a bit to do. (laughs) But above and beyond that, this one is, I almost hate to say it, it's a comedy. There are so many literal laugh out loud moments during this story and it's just not something you expect from a Halloween movie. And that's one thing I always say is if I laugh during a horror story, that pretty much kills it right there. Now, it doesn't completely kill it, but I mean, it definitely reduces the the deputy score that it's going to be receiving because... Horror movies are not supposed to be funny. Just plain and simple. You're not supposed to laugh during a horror movie. And it wasn't just me. I mean, the whole theater was like erupting in laughter when I went to go see this one. And that just totally threw me off. I think it would throw off anybody. But like I said, the story is told. And then even at one point in the movie, people think they identify who Michael is and they're chasing after this person. And it ends up feeling a lot more like you're watching uh, one of the Batman movies where basically they're after the penguin in (laughs) Batman Returns and it's just even the characters physical characteristics kind of hint towards that you're just kind of like why are they even going this direction with this because it doesn't really add much to the story and it's just kind of like why and then as the town and everything is basically ganging up trying to find Michael when they find him and everything, of course, like the said, he creeps, he kills, he goes home. So where do they find him? They find him back home because it seems like all of the Halloween movies seem to come back to him just going back to his childhood home. And once again, I mean, we, they don't disappoint on this. As everything wraps up and kind of just comes full circle with the story, it can't be that simple as Michael just dying. It never, It's never that simple. Even when you think he's dead, he's not. And <laughs> it's just kind of... I mean, it definitely continues the Halloween storyline. It There's a lot of the story that's developed. Like I said, a lot of humor that goes with it. By far the most goriest of all of them. By far. Like, if you have a sensitive stomach, please do not eat before you watch this movie. It could affect some of that. There is just, like I said, it's not the typical what you might expect, but... I'm sure there's people that will absolutely love it and people that will absolutely hate it and everywhere in between, but that goes for every single movie that's ever been made. So that's not really anything new there. Yeah, if you want to go see it, check it out. If you're a fan of the Halloween series, you'll definitely, you don't want to miss this one if you're a fan of the Halloween series, because it does continue the story. But if you're not a fan of the Halloween series and you just are trying to find a fun date movie, this might work for that, but... As a whole, I mean, on the deputy scale, I gave it a five and a half, which, as you guys know, it's a decent story, significant flaws. As part of the flaws, I count that is laughter in a horror movie, so that's part of the one that counts as a significant flaw. So that kind of wraps up Halloween Kills, and so we're going to just move on to the last duel. This movie, I should preface that this movie is going to be very intense for people who have ever experienced sexual assault or are really sensitive to that or are triggered by any type of that type of content in a story. This is just really, it's kind of graphic. It's, it's a violent movie. I just want to say that if you're sensitive to that type of content, this might not be the movie for you. So this movie is based on a true story. The story takes place, in the 14th century which would be the 1300s the main character is born with with neither name nor nobility so they marry a person that does have the name and the reputation to kind of build it's a really complicated situation because a close friend of his ends up also in this situation because he is secretly infatuated with his friend's wife so much so that when his friend leaves to go take care of some business he goes to his friend's home where his wife is all alone and sexually assaults her. The story is told from three different perspectives. It's the same story told three times from the very beginning until after everything happens. She risks everything to tell the truth along this whole endeavor. There are some really important lines, one of them being, God will spare those who tell the truth and the truth will prevail. Now, that sounds like it's a really important quote to fit along with this story. But there's also another quote from the movie that fits the timeline a little bit better. Rape was not considered a crime against a woman. It was purely considered a crime of property against her guardian. And back then, nowadays, anything in between. that There is just so much wrong with that that I don't even know where to even a- approach that from a perspective. Not just because I'm a woman, but I mean, just in general. It's like, that is just really yeah, I don't want to have to mark this as explicit, so I won't want to use the words that I'm thinking of at the moment. And it goes into a whole thing of how we are approaching this whole idea. And another thing that's mentioned is we can forgive a child afraid of the dark, but a tragedy is a man afraid of the light. The light in this case being the truth that is coming out against this person. Her whole stance in this is kill him with kindness because even with everything she puts a brave face on she's just living her everyday life. When she's with her husband through all this time she has not been able to conceive an heir. Then after this attack she becomes with child It kind of hints to the whole idea that it's not her husband's child. Another thing kind of comes forward because she realizes what's at stake because if she is found to be wrong, if basically if her husband loses the duel, then she will basically be burned alive. And there is just absolutely no middle ground on that it's like if she is found if her husband wins the duel basically it'll be that she was believed if her husband loses the duel to try to prove his wife's being truthful only he's not doing this only for her he's doing this to save face with his own name she is the one that pays for it i mean obviously he dies as well but i mean she's gonna be she will have to pay a much greater price for it than he would and one of the things that she mentions as it's kind of getting to this point is her child needs his mother more than his mother needs to be Right. And so when she acknowledges the risks involved, it's just a really scary situation bringing that to the light, especially in this day and age. It's just such an intense situation and it's such an intense storyline that it's definitely not for all Like I said, the way it's told is a little bit confusing because going into it, you don't realize that it's the same story being told three ways. With the length of the movie, and it's playing through the story because it has chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. And even with those chapters, it's like you don't necessarily realize the story is going to replay. So you're watching the story and the whole story plays out and then the whole story starts playing out again with just slight differences. And then that happens a third time. Unless you're knowing to expect that, the story is going to be a bit more confusing than it might be to someone familiar with the story but not to those expecting just the average story being told where it's just like one story throughout so I think it's just not as clear as it should be that the story was from three separate perspectives but it's a very powerful story that's been told it's a very poignant story I want to use the word timeless but I don't want to I don't want to use the word timeless because this type of crime has been just absolutely abhorrent since basically the beginning of ever, like, back in. These days, it was not considered a big deal. Women stayed silent because they were seen as property instead of human beings there's so many things wrong with that. It's like, I don't even know where to begin. And it's just, like I said, it's a very difficult story to sit through for people who are sensitive to that type of content. It's very well told. It's very well portrayed. It's like these the people involved are not just portraying characters. It's like when you're watching it, you feel like they are the characters. And that makes a big difference in that. Now, I did give it a score of only a 6.25 out of 10, just because of some of the confusion and just the way it's told with the story being repeated three times and then some of the content felt a little bit more like filler because this one is not with as powerful as the story that's being told it's not a very dialogue heavy movie there is much more of the scenes that is just panning or things that don't have dialogue to the scene itself to understand the situation and again if you're not expecting that you may be disappointed whether or not it's historically accurate I have not completely done my research on this I don't know if any of the details have been exaggerated or anything. I should always preface with this and I really haven't addressed this before but I never read the books. I've heard from many people a lot of stories are a lot different from the books but I never read the books. I just see the movies. All of our reviews here and on moviedeputy.com are only based on the movies. The last movie that we're going to be talking about today is The Rescue. It's a National Geographic movie known also as The Miracle in the Cave. With the title of The Rescue basically you know how the outcome is going to play out. It's a a story of a football team basically a soccer team they had gone hiking in these caves in Thailand and the monsoon season came a little bit early so when the rain started coming down just torrentially they ended up trapped in the cave with no way to get out the monsoon season there lasts for many months and so The Thailand Navy SEALs don't really have any certified divers for cave diving. And actually, there's no real certified military experts in cave diving anywhere in the world. They had to call upon these cave divers who are just regular everyday joes that love to do cave diving they love to explore they've helped out with other rescues around the world a couple other times when situations had happened and sometimes they were called in to rescue the people and sometimes they were called in just to recover the remains of the people well after an extensive search of trying to get into these caves with the divers it was becoming more and more difficult as they were like okay how are we going to even like find these kids cuz they'd gone into a couple different caverns where There were air pockets, they were hoping to find them there. They weren't finding them, so they kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into this area. And they finally got to the last possible chamber where they thought the boys would have been. And mind you, there's 12 young boys and their coach are all trapped together. And after they got to this last cavern and they thought, okay, this is going to be, if they're beyond this, they're not going to be able to be found well they got there and the boys weren't there so they were like okay let's try to rethink this one of the gentlemen that was diving decided let's just go a little bit further and just see and they went up into this other little section and surprisingly they found all 13 of them alive and well they had been surviving on just the water in the cave as they didn't have anything to eat and this had been days that they'd already been in there so the divers found their way back out they always go in with safety ropes and everything so they can find their way out and then it just became a plan of trying to figure out out how to rescue them. Initially, when they had gone in, in the first main cavern, they had found some, some other workers that had gone in trying to help find the boys right off the bat, and as they were trying to dive and help them get out, these other people that they were rescuing weren't used to breathing on respirators and things like that under the water, so they were panicking as they get them out, they were like, okay, this is just a short distance. How are we going to get these 13 people out over this very long distance? Because I mean, the one, I don't remember the exact length, but the one was only a matter of, I think it was five or 700 feet to where they rescued the three men. And it was literally, I think around two kilometers in where the boys were that is just mind-boggling like I said I'm not 100% sure on the distance on that I'm just trying to go I don't make any notes on the distance of that so my apologies but so it ended up being just a plan of trying to figure out how if any way that they were going to get these boys out The military basically could not find any way of doing this safely. These divers reached out to a friend of theirs in the UK who happened to be a physician. The divers had an idea, but their doctor friend told them that it was impossible. If it was really impossible or just theoretically impossible, it's hard to kind of gauge because... It had never been done before. But basically what they wanted to do is they wanted to sedate the boys and then help them get out. And the only way to do that would have been to completely sedate them and then have them under like a positive pressure mask and then try to get them out that way. This had never been done. There's so many risks with scuba diving, diving on tanks and stuff with respirators, that being under sedation I mean, there's no way to keep the airway open. There's so many risks involved. But they had to have, They had to just kind of take this risk because without this, the boys were surely going to die. Like, there was absolutely not going to be any hope that they were going to be able to get to any of them without trying this. After just days and days and days of trying to get this figured out, they were able to get four positive pressure masks. And this meant that they would only be able to rescue a certain number of people at a time. The drug combination that they had to give them was atropine. Xanax and ketamine. If you know anything about these drugs at all, they have to be administered in very controlled doses. They can reduce breathing. The Xanax has an anti-anxiety effect. It's to help them relax and everything. But there's just so many ways that this could have gone wrong. Like I said, with the name of the movie, you kind of know what the ending ended up being, titled The Rescue. So after a lot of trial and error and just a lot of borderline hair-raising moments... They do successfully rescue all 13 of them. This is just a really triumphant story. And it's kind of, there's a cliffhanger thing at the end that because of something that was going on, if it had even taken an extra day to get the boys out, it would have been too late just because of the situation and because of the conditions. I mean, it was a very scary situation. I mean, they're diving in the dark, they're diving in unknown areas through narrow crevices. It was a matter of staying on track and finding them, finding a way to get them out and getting them out alive. I mean, that was just, like I said, something like this had never been done before, especially with children. It was a very well-told story. It was an amazing story about a rescue, but honestly it was something that maybe should have been made more for tv as it was a documentary story that really should have been maybe i mean i don't want to say it emphasized at all because i do prefer the ones that are more truthful than hollywoodized but when i went to go see this in the theater there were numerous people snoring during the movie if you were expecting it to kind of be a slow documentary style then that'd be one thing but if you're not expecting that and you're coming into this basically just watching it play out as this rest between the military and these cave divers and just kind of everybody else that was involved this was news around the world so i mean there's all these reporters and it was trying to present the story in the most well-rounded way that it could though the ending was what everybody could not have wanted more it left some people wondering if it maybe could have been done differently. Not the rescue itself, the telling of the story, that maybe if they had focused a little bit more on certain details and a little bit less on others, maybe there would have just been a little bit more to it. Or if it was maybe just done the best possible way it could have been done. That's going to consistently be up for debate but The Rescue we did give a score of 5 out of 10 not because it wasn't an incredible story that was told but just because of just some of the flaws in how it was told. It's still it's a great story. It's well told. It's just it's flawed in the presentation at least from our perspective. We sincerely hope this will help you if you are deciding to see any of these movies on what they're about and how the stories come across and relate to you. Of course our score
1: but we're always
0: going to try to do this so if you like what you hear please subscribe share our content for more movie deputy content that will be brought directly to you again as i promise these reviews are not always going to be spoiler free as some of the subjects i've touched on today we are hoping to make it easier for you to decide whether or not if these movies are for you so if you liked what you heard today please subscribe. We will be bringing you more straight talk movie deputy content soon. Thank you and have a great one.